All right. Well, here we are, mate. Here we go. Welcome. First episode of Second Again, where a couple of really degenerate blokes come together. We have a bit of a chat. You know, we only live a couple of k's away, but at the moment, you know, in these testing, testing times, we've got to do it over some electronics, which is great. It's good that we can do this. So Second Again's little podcast we're going to do um, based on, on Sydney, Melbourne racing mainly, and then we're going to throw in a few few odd bods, maybe a few greyhounds that can't run, a few dishies that can't run as well. So welcome. I'm Nick. Obviously got Jackson over there with his favourite horse of all time, the Autumn Sun. Mate, how's things? Mate, super excited, super pumped. Good to see you, mate. Um, yeah, good good horses are back. The shit punters are back as well. They usually come hand in hand, but mate, yeah, super pumped. Talk to me about that sort of off off season between spring and autumn do you have a punt or is it just sit and watch i always have a have a you know have a have a look and keep an eye on it you know just to see what's going on most of the time you try and keep it dry keep the powder dry for, for you know spring autumn carnival um but you know sometimes you can get up towards gold coast brisbane for those sort of summer carnivals and get sucked in as as you always do but try and keep the powder dry awesome i, I think it's important to mention that me and you've been destined for something like this for a long time um not necessarily by choice, more by nature, um, mate. The just the lack of choice we've had in entering this terrible, terrible sport and game is just—it's crook. So, how long have you been sort of involved in racing, and how much have you? How long have you been punting for? The punt was pretty much straight out of school, um, and like you say, we were just doomed from the start. It's—it's it's almost like bloodlines, you know. If if you come through the family and everybody's on the punt you know, involved in horses or whatever the case may be, chances are you're going to be a degenerate as well. So um, not had no, had no say in the matter, had no choice, pretty much straight out of school. I was on the punt, um, always was interested in horses though, maybe 15, 16 and sort of went from there. i got a crook story for you. And when I say crook, I mean crook. So when we were younger, we mum used to say to dad on Saturdays that was your day you got to look after the kids on Saturdays all right you just whatever you got to do I just want that that time to myself so what did that mean to dad that meant taking my seven and four year old to the races every Saturday so by age seven I actually have the cap upstairs 150 race meetings I'd been to wow by age seven so every every 50 I got a different thing so I think I got a trophy at 50 something else at 100 and I've got a cap for 150. It's absolutely sickening. So there's no no real two ways about the reason I'm here. Um, mate, few few quick fire questions, just so you know, all of our massive fans want to know, favourite day of the year for the punt and why? Derby day, every year. Um, last sort of three, four years, it's been a, a clean up. So I might have a different answer after, after next year, you never know. But Derby day for me, it's the best racing, best horses, People often um, get sucked into the Melbourne Cup day. They just think it's the bigger day for whatever reason. But everybody knows the big racing always happens on that derby day. Simply the best racing for the year. And you've been, you? you've been down there? Yes, I have. I have. I've been, been both derby um, and Melbourne Cup day. And um, the same thing happens every year. You fill up and you, your pockets are full on. You have a big Saturday night derby day. And then Tuesday, you give it all back. And then it's brown rice and tuna again. <laughs> my problem's always the Saturday night when I have, have had a good day and then end up at the casino or something. Um, yeah, got to agree, Derby Day has always been my favourite day of the year. Um, on track, at home or at the pub? I like on track. Um, if you can stay away from the drink just enough to sort of keep yourself upright and, and you know, keep, keep uh, in touch with your surroundings, you can get away with it. Um, you know, if, when, when you're in front of the TV, you might have a laptop up and 
and you might have the form guide out. I think it's a bit of overload of information. If you've got the horses in front of you and you can see everything happening, unfolding, you know, and you, you're watching all the fluctuations as well, you're ready to go. I love being on track. There you go. An overload of information with, uh, with a few, few dinosaurs tipping a few, few donkeys as well. <laughs> I reckon I like it home the most. I just like being in the comfort of my home. I can wear shorts. I enjoy that part of it, but I don't mind dressing up and going out for a few beers. Um, and last little one, I think this is interesting for people to hear as well. What, when you base your betting yourself, are you a trials man, are you a replays man, are you a sectionals man, are you just as simple as instinct? What do you base your punning on? It, to be honest, it's a combination of a lot of things. And, and that's the thing, you know, you, you, never, you can never think you're ahead of the game or you know everything and, and you know, you've got nothing more to learn. You're always learning. And, you know, we, we're just uh, apprentices in this game right now. So it, every day is a new challenge. But for me, I like to see the figures as far as what they've actually done on the clock. Love to see sectionals, IBR, that sort of thing, just to get a clear mind of what the horse has actually done previously. Then it comes down to, okay, this is what they've done. Can they run up to that for this run today? And are they going to get the conditions to suit? All the other noise about trainers talking, oh, it's a big chance and, you know, maybe the weights and all that sort of thing. I'll try to sort of put that to the side and leave it as white noise and try and focus on the figures as much as I can. For sure. Facts for sure. It's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things that get thrown around. You know, this jockey's hopped off this horse. It's like at the end of the day, if just try and find the horse that's coming in with the best form lines and the best times. Awesome, mate. Um, from the weekend, we saw something pretty special and it's pretty rare that you get to say that your special highlight for the week was a horse that came second by about that far. How good was he? He was super. He's just a beast. To be honest, I think he, what he did on Saturday was more impressive than if he'd come out and won by two lengths, gone straight to the front, just cruised up and, and sort of bolted away from them. The fact that he missed the start, Jamie Carr just sort of took him to the outside and just let him uh, get up there under his own steam. And still to get, you know, a nose, as you say, away from home affairs, oh, that was massive, huge. If you haven't picked up on it yet, we're talking about Nature Strip, the best sprinter in the world by a long way at the moment. Um, I just, when you go back and watch it and you cop that squeeze and then he cops another bum, I don't know what profit to you was doing. He must have been a bit toey, I reckon. Um, and then to do that as a, as a horse that's a control freak and love, loves being out in front, to just pick yourself up and then still smash the line the way that he did, over a thousand he just wins a TJ, doesn't he? Yeah. I'd love to see what he does in Ascot too. I know they're keen to take him over. I heard J-Mac will go over as well. That'd be massive. You know, sort of maybe a black caviar sort of set up. Take him up the straight at Ascot. It's exciting. I hope they do it. I really do. Mate, let's get into this weekend. It's it. time where there starts to be three, four really good races on each card. So we're going to go through the Randwick card to start. We're going to go through races six, seven, and eight. Um, and that's starting with the Guy Walter Thoroughbred Stakes. Um, obviously, top of the market, we've got Ice Bath, who's this proven, known wet tracker, about 230. Forbidden Love, 550. Promises Success, 650. Vangelic, 950. Kiku, 10s. Mirror Vision, 14s. Nimali, 19s. And the rest are 26 plus. 230 seems short. It's a bit stiff. Definitely a bit stiff, but it's all based around the weather, isn't it? If we if we rock up on Saturday, we're looking at a heavy 10, you know, maybe a few punters would be happy with 2.30. You never know. So, look, the, the, the speed map is um, pretty straightforward. I've got Vangelic going forward as well with Harmony Rose. I think those two will sort of pair off and control it. Promises of success goes straight back as, as well as more profits. So, that they'll sort of camp in behind. And Ice Bath can, can either hunt up and try and get a spot midfield, but I think what they'll likely do is just try and sit sort of off midfield and present 
by the, by the time we get to race six, the, the track might be chopping out a little bit. They can sort of peel off and, and um, the, the inside might be a little bit off and they can sort of swoop down the outside. So I think that's what they'll be looking to do with Ice Bar. That's exactly what I'm going with, a swooper. And I think that at this time of the day when it is chopped up a little bit, I think it is going to, you do see those horses get really, really wide at Randwick as well. I'm going to go with promising success. I think 650 is a really good price for a horse that's only had 11 starts on the up. Um, gets in with 54 as well. Gets Collett, O'Shea. O'Shea is just flying at the moment. Um, second up, I thought it's first up run behind Snap Dancer is a pretty smart one. Um, was really, really good. So I'm happy to play Promise of Success at 650. Are you Ice Bath or? Oh, look, I'm probably not going to have a bet on this one. If Ice Bath gets out towards $3, $3.50, something a bit more fucking digestible, um, th- then I might look to get involved. But yeah, look, I'll probably just sit and watch this one. Awesome. Mate, onto the tab chipping Norton, and we have our big special for the day, and we'll get to that in a moment. Very elegant star, unbelievable. I thought her first up run was much better than a seventh, um, considering it was over fourteen hundred, and she just could not get a run. The fence was off. Tick, uh, three dollars there. Think it over. How did it blow to eight dollars last start? Like just ridiculous money, and then wins by two or three. Colette four twenty. Top ranked is this horse that's had one start over here was well backed. Um, I think that was in the in the gong or one of those races behind loss and running. Montefilia 19, Stockman back 26, Maximal and Hungry Heart and the rest are 51 more. This is exciting, Jacko. We get an opportunity here, don't we? We fill the buckets up, fill the pockets. Let's collect on Colette. Collect on Colette, mate. It's funny that we've found our best of the day in probably the, the probably highest quality you got multiple group time winners, very elegant, think it over, a bunch of horses that, that have been competitive in group one. It's, it's a fucking hard race and you and I have just gone up. We're going straight in, straight out. Collect on Colette. I love to see it, mate. Talk to me about speed maps. So where does she get to? Where do others get to? I, it's a bit of a strange one, this one. I had sort of three or four going forward. So Angel of Truth will roll forward. It's sort of one dimensional. That's all they sort of got with him. Maximal will hunt up from gate one. Um, try and hold the fence there. And I think Colding and Mount Popper will just be in behind them, just sort of just sort of um, tacking on there. Think it over, as we know, has got a bit of tactical speed, so it doesn't have to be too far away. I think they've got to make use of that gate with Colette, though. Um, for it to be, you know, a really, really strong winning chance, they've got to be midfield or better for me. I don't want them sitting out the back because might be stuck on the fence from gate three and, and um, you know, you never know what can happen from there. So like to see Colette sort of be midfield, bit of cover, and then sort of peel out when needed and then swoop. That's the idea. And even better, try and get very elegant, nice and close. Just know where she is at all times. And that's, that probably gives you your best chance. Absolutely. I think Tim Clark on board too. He doesn't usually like getting too far back on his horses. He's usually pretty positive. So I think we've got a, a really good jockey for the, for the uh, ride as well. Um, I thought her run was fantastic behind Think It Over first up. She's not usually a horse that flies first up either. Um, usually takes a run or two under a belt, and I just love that second up. She's a 1,400 to a miler, and we get a heavy track, and she's three from three on the heavy. I just think that this is, yeah, this is our opportunity here, Jackson. Hopefully next week, mate, we've got grins on our face. This is the collect, mate. Interesting race, the next one. Um, we've got the surround stakes, which is always a really good race for the Phillies. Um, Espiona and Fangirl meet again, the two Waller horses. We got two ten Espiona and four twenty Fangirl, who actually knocked her off last start by not a lot. Jamea elevens, Zuzarella seventeens, then Yearning, who gets Pikey twenty six, 
never been kissed. Four moves ahead, hinge. They're all 26 as well. We start Tonson Heresy and Larkspur run. A few down the bottom as well. Is it two in the market? Is that what it is? Are there two guns in this market? Or can some of these horses coming back like yearning and never being kissed run a good race? They can all run a good race, but you've got to be with those horses that are fit, I think, especially in those big fields. The pace is probably going to be on and it's going to bring a few of them undone. Add in the heavy track element as well. A lot of horses won't be looking um, you know, to, to, to do a gut buster first up on a heavy deck, um, hot speed as well. So I'm pretty happy to stick with Espiona and Fangirl. Um, of the two, I'm still leaning towards Espiona. I know a, a few punters might be talking through their pockets and saying, you know, she was short last time, sort of um, presented presented a bit early. J-Max sort of three wide and then had to had to present her early and then Fangirl run over the top. The old fucking stable made at tens as usual with Chris Waller. Um, not much you can do about that. I think the roles are reversed. Espiona gets a little bit better of a running transit. Fangirl will have to go back from that 16. Espiona will be sort of midfield and likely have a better running transit. I think just based on the map, yes, the prices are not great. I'm going to stick with Espiona because I know there's a bit of class there as well. Awesome. I'm, I'm not bagging Espiona and I like the horse. I think that stepping up in distance is just in the, in, in my opinion, in favour of Fangirl. I just think that that extra 200 metres, if it's going to favour either of the two, I think it's Fangirl. Um, obviously had, had a probably a better running transit last start, but I thought it was a peach ride from Bowman to sort of follow Espiona through. Obviously had to get the brakes at the right time, but um, she smashed the line. I thought she was fantastic, but I think they're both open to improvement. I think they're lengths above the rest who are, who are good horses, but they're just, they're, their best is going to be around that 2,000, you know, yearnings, that real 1,800, 2,000 metre horse. So I'm with Fangirl. So we're going to have to, a bit of a Wallace stash there, mate. Um, but it's exciting. I just love having these good fillies. There's something about good fillies and mares that is just really exciting, I reckon. Mate, that's the end for uh, Randwick at the moment. I'm going to roll over to race five at Caulfield, um, where we see big Cascadians in. Um, this horse has got itself around the all-star mile, I heard as well. So um, $2.50 at the top of the market. Then Callsign Mav, who ran a really good second the other day, first up, um, 360. Delphi, 480. Shared Ambition, 950. Then down to Yonkers, um, 12. Still Prince, 18. Wentwood and Emissari. What you, which way are you leaning here? Do you have much of an opinion? Yeah, look, speed map-wise, I don't think it's going to be too hot. Small field, not a lot of natural leaders. I think Steel Prince might roll forward and just sort of control it from there. I was pretty keen on Cascadia. I know, again, you're looking at um, a pretty thin price there, but it's just the class of the field. The biggest concern for me is Gate 1. So Drew Gate 1 last week was on that inferior ground at Caulfield. Ollie is one of the best, you know, getting them inside from that, from that inside gate, trying to get them over the line, but... I just think small field. I think this is a, a race a bit void of class as well. A few horses looking for further. Delphi's looking for further. I think Callsign Mav is probably in that, that camp as well. Just coming off a big injury as well, must be noted with Callsign. Um, long layoff with injury. I think it might have been tendons. So you'd like to see another good run before you sort of get involved from betting perspective. Pretty straightforward with Cascadian. Just sit out the back. Um, Ollie doesn't have to go to the fence this time. He can sort of come around them. Up in trip, second up, I think it's a it's a put-in, take-out sort of job. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think I was on call sign, Mav, when it ran second to Earlswood. And I thought, obviously, first up, as you said, after an injury and looking for a little bit further, but I thought it had its chance to go past it and didn't. 
Cascadians just get class above these at this sort of tra- trip. Um, I think 250 is actually a reasonable price. If he doesn't win, I don't know what to do with him. That's the main thing. I don't know where he sits. Is he? He's a tier two horse that can win a tier one race. That's where he sits for me. So yeah. I think Cascadian, but I wouldn't want to be taking much shorter than 250. Race six, Futurity. Love these races. I, there's something about these 1,400-meter races at, at sort of Caulfield that I like. Um, good horses, and hopefully that the track races a little bit more evenly. The last time they raced at Caulfield and they had this race, it was a fast, that track. It was an absolute fast. So Tafane, she's obviously coming off a massive win. Um, $2.60 on Thunderstruck, this boom horse, this gun four-year-old that we've got. 360, then Nuanga, one of yours, $5. Sierra Su, 950. Turath, um, a sort of a mare on the way up, but trying to figure out its class at 11s. Extreme Flight 14, Street, uh, Streets of Avalon, 19s, amidst the Mozart, down at 41s. What do you think, mate? Really nice race. Small field, but there's enough sort of class in here, enough quality in here to, to make it interesting. Tafani and Truath roll forward. I think they'd be silly not to go again with Tafani. Just take her up there, get her up on speed, because that's her best asset. She can sustain a long sprint, and you saw that first up, so she was awesome. I don't think they're ever going to beat her, um, regardless of where she sat. She was just ready to go. Two horses that I'm more interested in, though, was Moanga. You touched on that he's, he's definitely in my camp. Um, I do love the horse, but I reckon the big fella's ready You've to go. You've got a soft spot for that horse. That yep. The background behind you could be changed soon, I think, if he wins another big one. Yep. Well, if he gets home in this, we, we could be looking at the autumn sun getting the axe behind me. So we'll see how we go. Look, first up last campaign, he was 1,400, similar setup over at Ramwick, um, group one as well, rolled over the top of Very Elegant. So that's the form. Um, he sort of had a, not any interrupted prep, but he had a sort of a tough run in the Doncaster and looked like he was towards the end of it. So I think he's, he's a lot better fresh. I reckon Annabelle's worked him out. Keep him nice and fresh, couple of nice quiet trials, get him in there ready to go throw the blinkers on the big fella and just watch him explode. I reckon he's a really good chance. Um, not sure if I like Caulfield for him. That's probably the one knock I would say. Other horse I am interested in is I'm Thunderstruck. It'll, it'll get back as we know. It's one dimension. It'll flop out the gates and sit last. But they, they do the same thing every time. They just roll out the back and just flash home. So he was winding up late first up. The knock with him is staying at 1,400. Can he, can he win a really nice race like this at 1,400? He's definitely more of a mile horse. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes over the top if they're making up ground at Caulfield. For sure. I'm with him. I, I, I really like him. I've probably talked him through my pocket a little bit. I've had a few very nice collects on, on Thunderstruck. Um, I don't know what McNeil was doing on him last start. I, I thought he took a, a long time to get him going, but then once I'd actually come back and reflected on the race, I thought, you know what, they're, they're getting this horse ready for 1,400, 1,600. They're probably just trying to keep a little bit in the bank. We don't get a massive price in 360, but I think that, you know, if there's a little bit of pace up front, if Streets of Avalon takes on Tafane a little bit, Turath can be handy as well. They'll probably take Mr. Mozart forward. If I'm Thunderstruck, ends up sitting, he'll probably be in the last pair, let's be honest. I think he can, if the track's playing even, I think he can probably win this race. I think he's got more upside than obviously Tafane. Mwanga's one that we just don't know how he's going to come back either. Obviously, good horse, good trainer. I'm pretty happy with I'm Thunderstruck and I'm a fan of the horse. So, hoping he runs really well. Definitely. I think the pattern will tell all at Caulfield as well. 
they're, they're a bit worried. I think a, a few of the, the trainers and stuff got in the, got in the groundsman's ears because they watered the shit out of the inside a couple of weeks ago and the inside was just completely off. So they were making up ground all day, which is, as we all know, it's just so unlikely for Caulfield. So we'll see what happens this week. We'll know, we'll know the pattern by race six and seven. So I reckon that will tell all. And didn't Pete Moody give him a clip? He unloaded. He unloaded, yeah. Which is good. We like to see that. Keep it honest. Love to see it. Love to see it. One of the big races for the year. I always love these races. This versus Slipper, it's the Slipper no contest. But it's always cool to see the sort of earlier season two-year-olds coming in into play. The Blue Diamond um, is worth $1.5 million, So there's no question about how much these horses are sort of worth to their trainers and owners. So we've got Jack and Al at the top at fives with Frosty. Um, Revolutionary misses six. Um, seven act, seven bucks. Lofty strike, 750 coming off a really nice win. Um, Miss Rosiano's tens. Dormir is 15s. Count the headlights, 17s. Haffy is 18. Waltz on by, Samillion, they're $19. Rampant Lion as well. And then down to Kiki Express and a couple of others. Tough race. Like, it's, it's always hard with these two-year-old races to find one, especially when they give you five, six bucks to field. Um, you got a strong opinion? I don't have a strong opinion. If you were to ask me what the best horse in the race will turn out to be, I'd, I'd give you Jackano. Hard to say off two or three starts. Most of them had one start, not had a run at 1,200, and had just coming in. So these sort of races, you get a shit ton of guesswork. The, the uh, speed map, I'm not even going to touch. Anything could happen here. I think Samillion will probably try and lead them. Drawn 16, what else are you going to do? You're not going to sit last. That's probably the only thing I can see happening speed-wise. Jack and I, I hope they're a bit more positive um, because it was sort of stuck on the fence last time. If anyone goes back and watches the replay, it's probably not one of Frosty's best. Had to change the run a couple of times. Um, and you could see it just had so much to offer right at the end there. Never really came off the bridle until the last sort of 50. So plenty to offer there. But do you get sucked into that, you know, $5 in, you know, most of the other horses you get eight, nine, tens, 11. So tough one. I don't think I'll, I'll get my wallet out and play here, but um, keen to see what you what you thought about this one. Yeah, I, I really like Sevenak actually. Um, McNeil takes the ride for Hawks and they've got a bit of a, Bit of a thing when they get a good two-year-old, they seem to sort of really build them up to a good race. Um, thought its win was fantastic um, at Caulfield in that group three. Um, I think $7 is a super price. And just a bit of a worry about these other horses, you know, Jack and O, Revolutionary Miss and, and Lofty Strike around it. Where are they going to get to in the run? Um, with seven act from gate eight, gets a nice position. So I'm pretty keen. I think $7 is, is a really, really backable price, um, but it's going to be a ripper race. So no, looking forward to it. Race eight is the last one we'll do at Caulfield. Um, and we've got some good horses coming back and it's the Oakley plate. So I love this race. It's always an emerging horse either comes through it because it's that handicap sort of styled sprint, which we don't actually see a lot of in Australian racing. Um, so we've got Marabi, who's seven from seven at the moment, airborne, 250. Wild ruler first up goes really well first up and obviously won a Manicata or a Moya um, in its last preparation. Eight bucks away game. She's a tough little thing. She's got 52 kegs, 850. Minaj, not a bad little bet at 850 either. Oxley Road, probably take it up, being the first couple 13s. Yonka, Bella Nipotina at 14s. And you go to Malkovich, General Bow, who are all around that $20 mark with Zutori. Is Marabi, has she been tested or is she actually just hasn't had an opportunity to be tested because she's been so good? 
I think she's just too fast for them so far. So you say, oh, nothing's gone up and challenged her. They can't fucking keep up. So she just flies the lids and just goes every time. There is one horse though, and it's one of the fastest in the country. Not one of the best, don't get me wrong, but one of the fastest is Malkovich. This thing is express. First five, 600 meters, Marabi, regardless of how fast they're going, he's going to be there right, right, on, right on its girth. So the speed will be on. I think Oxy Road jumps up as well and Jonker. Both of those will sort of boot up and make sure it's on. What I think happens from there, I think it sets it up for those midfielders. You might see away game and, and uh, Wild Ruler both in there. As you say, Wild Ruler goes super fresh. A dry deck as well as his sort of go. I don't think he's a 12-meter horse. I think you try and keep him at 1,000, 1,100, just those nice sharp sprints. The, the, the fast speed will be no issue for him at all. I think he's fit enough. Um, I reckon he's the one to play on. Yeah. Nice. I, I think Marabi's short enough at 250, especially when she's really stepping up in class and she's coming, coming to a field like this. So this is genuine group two, group one sort of horses. If it's not Marabi, for me, it's Minaj. Um, really, really good first up record. Um, love that they're attacking this first up. It, it sort of, uh, from the O'Shea yard, it says a little bit to me that they're going down there, they're going, nah, this is a really good opportunity for us. Gate one, McAvoy goes down for the ride and gets 52 kilos. I think 850 and 270 to place as well. Um, I think this is a good horse. I think it's an opportunity for it to, to run a really good race. But Marabi hard to beat but Minaj is the one that I'll probably play around with. Maybe a few Quinellas with Marabi and, and, and Wild Ruler, those horses. But yeah, no, um, those group ones are getting me a little bit toey, Jacko. Um, the exciting part about racing and where we live is that Ascot, Perth, better, or Belmont, or wherever they're racing, is three hours behind. And the best part about that is, Jackson, if you've done your ass for five and a half hours watching Sydney and Melbourne races, you give yourself eight more races and eight more opportunities to make the make back. So we go to the best Western Jackson. So talk to me, what have we landed on? We're going straight to race seven. So eight o'clock boys, if you're still upright by then, if you're still vertical, uh, make sure you're tuning in. Ascot race seven, Chris Parnham comes a time. Um, beautiful horse comes out of a race where clairvoyance won, ran within a length of there. Clairvoyance is a really handy horse. I think it's group level and you might see it come across to Melbourne and those sort of group three, group two races, which they can bring them across. That's the form. Nothing else has that sort of form in here. Short again, you're not getting any, any sort of favors with the price. You can probably get 260, 270 at the moment. I reckon come eight o'clock on Saturday afternoon, you'll be looking in the tomato sauce region. Um, yeah, this, this, for me, this is the, probably the better the day um you've got to wait a long time but you know whatever you got left pile in bang the best western's been spoken i'll be on i hope everyone's on be great we've obviously gone through the the elite level at Ramwick in caulfield but doesn't mean that nothing stops us from having a punch um in the first rate first couple of races or even the last jacko so take us to the last at Ramwick, mate yeah we're, we're late in the day again and uh this is one that's bit of a soft spot for me and I might be a bit of a sucker for pain and I might have fucking egg on my face come the, come the end of this week. But go on Gravina, um, uh, race 10, number four, Gravina. I don't know how you could possibly do it to yourself again. I just <sighs> Because what would be even worse is if this thing comes out and wins at four, $4 or four fifty, whatever they'll throw up on Saturday. And I've been with it every other run in the, in the last campaign and now I've got egg on my face. So... <laughs> 
I'm, I'm diving in. Nashville Willer is the big sort of tipping point for me. I just think he's one of the best, if not the best in Sydney. J-Mac will have a bit to say about that, but I just think what he's able to extract out of the horses when he jumps on, um, I don't think many else can do that. He's just such a powerful jockey. And anytime I see him move on to a horse like this that he hasn't ridden before, um, I, I do get a little bit toey, to be honest. So first up, it gets a really good setup. There's going to be hot speed in this race. There's a few that will go forward, including Tai, the favourite. It's probably going to get that run just out the back. I hope it's not sitting last and has to swoop them. But I think by that time of the day anyway, the, the track will be pretty chopped up. I reckon they're a good chance to be getting towards the outside fence. And that's exactly where Nash will be belting him down. So Gravina for me, um, just run over the top of them, give it strength. If not, it's in the life band book. Wow. Cool. So big moment for Gravina. Um, it's yeah. Okay. Huge. There you go. Gone. Throwing the book at it. I'm going race four. I'm, I'm with Argentia. It's two ten at the moment. Um, wasn't fancied whatsoever first up, was $13, $10, um, and, and swooped and did exactly what they sort of thought that this horse could have been. Um, last preparation, and only had the one start and just failed. So obviously something's gone wrong there. To see it come out after 160 days off and do what it did, and over the top of sprinting types, moves up 200 metres, goes to 1,400, gets Zara aboard. I just think this is so many ticks um, in a race where your second favourite's Decent Rain, who... How long can you keep a horse up for? Um, it's just, it's near, it's, it's, it's almost cruel, mate, how much they keep this horse running. So I think Argentia just wins this race. I think 210's a fine price. I think it'll be starting at $1.80, $1.90 because they'll just, they'll, they'll look, they won't look around it. There's nowhere else to go. So Argentia for me, that's my best for the day. Mate, it's been a dream. Um, obviously, all the best with the punting. I'm sure we'll be chatting plenty. Um, Get around us at six, six, second again. Um, plenty of dribble, plenty of crap, but a heap of tips um, and hopefully a fair few fair few winners that we get to share with with a couple of listeners, mate. 100%, mate. No, super keen. Hopefully we can steer a few mug punters into, a, into some winners. Um, all the best, mate. Beautiful. All right, legends. Good on you. Thanks, guys.